In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. before you we worship you with the fruit of our lips we pour out our worship at your feet oh God we thank you we give you praise we glorify your name Thank you, Father. Oh, we love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We worship him with a clap offering, God. God, church, we can do better than that. Let's bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And before you sit down, why don't you find at least three people and welcome them to day one of our 21-day pursuit of God. Welcome to day one of a 21-day pursuit of God. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you have already sensed that these 21 days are going to be life-changing. Absolutely so. And there's so many things that are happening alongside um, our pursuit of God, alongside this, evening, this evening's meeting. Uh, we're praying non-stop round the clock for 21 days. We calculated that that would give us 504 hours of continuous prayer. 
How many know if you petition God for 504 hours, God surely has to hear? And so we're expectant. Um, in addition, uh, there'll be other things that are going on. Of course, we're fasting for the 21 days and would like to encourage you all to join us, even those who don't belong to this local body, uh, but are brothers and sisters in Christ because, you know, we're part of the same family. Um, those who are listening in online, we want to encourage you to join us in every part of this 21-day pursuit of God. And one of the things we're going to be doing is we're going to be we're going to together as a people read the whole of the book of John, the Gospel of John. And it's interesting that it has 21 chapters. So today, you all should have read chapter 1. So how many people have read chapter 1 of John? Fantastic. Okay, those of you who haven't, you can catch up. You still have a few hours before midnight. So please, let's read it together, chapter 1 of, of John's Gospel. And every evening we'll take a reflection from the chapter that is read. Just, just, to, just something that God has laid on our hearts to focus our minds on and reflect from the chapter that was read. And so today, our reflection from John, the first chapter of the Gospel of John, is taken from the 29th verse. And I'll read that to you. John 1 verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I want to read that to you in the message translation. The very next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and yelled out, Here he is, God's Passover Lamb, he forgives the sins of the world. Now, there are six or seven revelations as to who Christ is that are contained in the first chapter uh, of the book of John. And this is, I think, the third or fourth of those revelations where he declares who Jesus is. He is the Lamb of God. Uh, he is, as one translation says, the Passover Lamb of God. And his audience understood instantly what he was talking about. Because you see, the Passover was part of their life. Every year, they celebrated this great event that happened when God came down dramatically, released them from slavery in Egypt in one night, and also blessed them stupendously as the Egyptians gave all their silver and all their gold to them. And they celebrated this for hundreds of years. They heard the stories rehearsed in their ears. They sat around, around at mealtime as they ate the Passover meal. And they were told about this awesome, mighty exploit of God as God set them free. They also knew that the end of the Passover lamb was death. And so they're trying to figure out what exactly is he saying with this announcement, behold the Passover lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And all we, they had to do and all we have to do is to look back to the Passover lamb. And when we understand what happened with the Passover lamb, we get an understanding of Jesus as the lamb of God. And so what happened in the Passover lamb? The Passover lamb, if you look back at Exodus, the 12th chapter, uh, God had done so many awesome miracles in the land of Egypt. 
plague after plague to break the hand of Pharaoh and the Egyptians over his children, but Pharaoh continued to harden his heart. And then one night, this was going to be the final plague. God was going to judge the land. And you see, God must always judge sin. It is his nature. The sinful one must experience the wrath of God against the sin. And so God was going to judge sin. An angel of destruction was going to go through the land. But then God had this covenant relationship with his own people that they would not be judged. They wouldn't experience dis destruction. They wouldn't experience the wrath or the anger of God. And what were they, were they supposed to do? They were supposed to take a lamb without blemish, kill the lamb, and then take the blood of the lamb and dub it on the lintels of, of their home. And when the angel of destruction came through the land, everywhere it saw the blood, the angel of destruction would have to pass over. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. And so that lamb prefigured Christ. For here was a world that was full of sin and that needed to be judged for God to continue to remain righteous. If God did not judge the sin, then he couldn't be who he was. But God had a plan. The plan was shown to us in type at Passover. And the plan was going to find its fulfillment and found its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. So as the Passover lamb, he took on the sin of the world so that he could be judged for your sin and my sin, the sin of Adam and the sins of everyone else who existed in the world, so that God could righteously fulfill the part of him that had to judge sin by judging his own son, Jesus Christ. What an awesome prize that for you and I, he took on the judgment that should have come on you and I, so that you and I could now walk away free just as the children of Israel came out of Egypt into freedom because of the Passover lamb. And so tonight we reflect on the price that he paid as the Passover lamb. We reflect and are grateful in our hearts that because he is our Passover lamb, our sins have been forgiven. We reflect on the fact that it's done once and for all. So even the sin that we haven't committed, if we do fall into sin and we are quickly to come back under the covering of the Passover lamb, the blood, our sins are forgi forgiven. So 1 John 1, 7 and 8 says that he, he continuously forgives our sins. We reflect on that. We also reflect on all the other things that come as benefits from him being our Passover lamb, what we call our redemptive rights. We reflect on the fact that as our Passover lamb, he took on sickness and disease that you and I by, by God, by, might, by God's grace, walk into good health. We reflect on it, and maybe someone here receives it as we reflect on it. We reflect on the fact that our Passover lamb also came and became the epitome of poverty on the cross that you and I might walk into the richness of God. We reflect on that and we are grateful in much the same way that in a material sense, the children of Israel were blessed out of Egypt as they went. 
And so our first reflection, and it should be our first reflection, it's the right reflection, is that as we start this journey, we are grateful that we even have the privilege to start this journey. We are grateful that we can approach a throne of grace. And why do we approach, why are we able to boldly approach the throne of grace? The writer of Hebrews tells us, because our Lord Jesus Christ has ascended through the heavens and is seated on the right hand of God the Father. And so we reflect on this awesome grace that you and I don't deserve. And our hearts, as we focus on the Passover lamb, our hearts are filled with gratitude to our Lord and Savior that he chose to be God's Passover lamb. Can someone say amen to that? And so for a few minutes, let's just reflect on that. And let's make it personal. Let's think about our own lives. And let's think about how the Passover lamb has touched our lives, your salvation. Think about it. The many times that you have erred and you should have been judged, but the Passover lamb had already paid the price. Let's think about the fact that our sins are forgiven. Let's think about the fact that the accuser of the brethren has no legal right to accuse us anymore because the Passover lamb has paid the price for us. As long as we believe and receive him, he has paid that price for us. Let's spend some time and, and, and shut out everyone around you and just focus on the Passover lamb. Amen. You know, um, there are three or four scriptures that are foundation texts for us on this journey over the next 21 days. And um, one of the major ones is uh, taken from the book of Amos, uh, the, the prophet Amos, the ninth chapter and the 11th verse. And I wanted to read that to you. Amos 9 verse 11. And it's a story of, it's a, it's a, prophetic word of restoration to the nation of Israel on that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David which has fallen down and repair its damages I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old and if we think of 
the tabernacle of David. If there was one major characteristic, one thing that stood out about the tabernacle of David, it was the worship that the tabernacle of David symbolized. And so, whilst that scripture was spoken to the nation of Israel, it speaks prophetically to the church today that the time has come where God wants to raise up the tabernacle of David. And when he talks about raising up the tabernacle of David, in the prophetic sense it applies to the church, he's really talking about bringing back the kind of worship that went on in the tabernacle of David. Now, if you know a bit about the tabernacle of David, one of the first things David did was to institute worship 24-7. Constantly, the incense of worship was burning to God out of the tabernacle of David. And the psalmist helps us understand what was foundational, what was key about the worship from, from the tabernacle of David. So if you turn with me to Psalms 8 verse 2. Actually, if we look at verse 1, he says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. And you know, this is what we desire, the excellency of God's name to be all over the whole earth, in our cities, in our families, in our, in our lives. We desire to see God's glory displayed. And the psalmist goes on to tell us how this happens. He says in Psalms, Psalms 8 verse 2, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. So how is the enemy and the avenger silenced? What is God's method for silencing the enemy and the avenger? How does God ordained strength the bible says it's out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants babes and nursing infants could mean many things of course it could refer and does refer to a certain expression of praise that is childlike that is reckless unrestrained that doesn't follow protocol necessarily because it's come from the heart of a child a kind of worship that really is dangerous to the kingdom of darkness because when that worship comes from a heart that is childless, childlike, a heart that has no guile, a heart that isn't trapped in all the things that we can get trapped in as adults, a, a heart that is pure, that is simple, that is loving of God. The Bible says that when that heart, that person opens their mouth, Strength is ordained. Can someone say amen? amen. And, and when Jesus was accosted by the religious rulers of his time, as children sang Hosanna to him in the temple, guess what scripture he referred to? He went back to that same scripture as the children were singing and doing what children do. They were excited. And you know, we have to get excited about God again. We can't allow the cares and the worries of life to rob us of being excited. Just think of a child. 
the excitement the child shows. The child doesn't understand all this protocol that we understand. The child is just glad to just open up their mouths and let what is in their heart come out of their mouth. And listen to what Jesus said. In Matthew the 21, the 21st chapter. After he performed many miracles, verse 15, but when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise. So what is our weapon against the kingdom of darkness? It is perfected praise. And how do we perfect praise? Is by yielding ourselves to the Spirit of God. He perfects the praise and it comes out of our mouths. You see, the time has come for praise and the worship of God to enter a new dimension. The tabernacle of David must be rebuilt. The worship must be sincere. It must, be, it must come from our hearts. Frankly, the worship must be reckless. It also must be aggressive. It has strength in it. As we worship, we steal the avenger. We, we stop him in his tracks. We release God to do what he wants to do by our praise and our worship. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. The army of the Lord in this end times is going to be an army. The army that is going to succeed in taking territory from the kingdom of darkness is going to be an army that understands the weapon of praise and the weapon of worship. An army that understands that the closer I get to God, the more intimate I get with Him, the more of Him that I worship, the more God rises up on my behalf and says to me that I should be calm. The battle belongs to Him. Can someone say amen to that? And so tonight, we really want to let ourselves go on the first day of pursuit of God. We want to receive strength from God. We want to shut the mouth of the accuser. We want to release the resources and the hosts of heaven on our behalf. We want to enter new territory in praise. And please let your praise be reckless. Let your praise be unrestrained. Let it be childlike. And as a foundation, if there's anything in your heart that isn't childlike, release it so that God can ordain strength out of what comes out of your mouth. Can someone say amen to that? Lord, we bless your holy name, O oh God. 
Jesus. We thank you. We worship you in this place. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, God. We give you all the praise and all the glory. We declare that there is no one like you, Heavenly Father. We worship you. We started out in our reflections with focusing on Jesus as John the Revelator led us to as the Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. The entire focus was on him because he is our savior, the savior of the world. But the gift of salvation, we don't benefit from it until we receive it. And of course, we're planning for 21 days. But then what if the Lord Jesus came tomorrow or the day after? On the 10th day, the question I have to ask each one of us, are you certain that if he did come or when he comes, or when your time here is up, that because you have received the gift he is into your heart, you will spend an eternity with him. With all heads bowed, as we ask ourselves that question, have we received this Jesus into our hearts? Do we have a relationship with him? Is he our Lord and Savior? And if you're not sure, then why don't you make assurance double sure? And if you know that he isn't, why don't you receive him this evening into your heart? With all heads bowed. If there's anyone here who doesn't, know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You don't have a personal relationship with him. You haven't accepted the gift that he is. You might have been coming to church. You might have attended other churches. But you, do, you haven't received him as your Lord and Savior. You're in this auditorium or you're online. With all heads bowed in this auditorium, if you want to, 
start a relationship with him you want to receive the gift that he is into your life if you would just slip your hand up wherever you are I would love to pray with you if you're online you can receive him into your life as your Lord and Savior anybody saying please pray with me I want to settle this anybody slip the hand high I see that hand I see that hand anybody else slip your hand high I see that hand anybody else you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior you're online you you're watching from somewhere in the world and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior why don't you receive him into your heart as your Lord and Savior if you've got your hand up one of our, our leaders is going to come up to you and going to pray with you anybody else keep that hand high for, for, for a minute or two Father we just thank you if you're online you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior why don't you just do so now just say with me Heavenly Father I receive your son Jesus into my heart I confess that I haven't lived like I should have like you wanted me to that I am a sinner but today I come as I am to you Heavenly Father and thank you for receiving me Lord Jesus I open up my heart and receive you I submit my life to you I receive the gift of salvation I declare that as I receive that gift I'm a new person I'm a member of your kingdom your family I am now born again father we just thank you and we bless you in Jesus name and together we say Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Go and give God a clap of praise.